back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make some noise! Sports Radio 92.9, the game. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back in the Kia Studios and Sports Radio 92.9, the game. It is John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you on this Wednesday evening, 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. This is your nightly look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. Now, we got word earlier today that there was supposed to be a meeting tonight between Jalen Carter and the Atlanta Falcons, that they were going to meet with him. Now, we also know, and we'll talk about this one guy here in a second, we now also know that Tyree Wilson, uh, Keon White, I believe, met as well with the Atlanta Falcons. But Jalen Carter, obviously, with all of these things going on, uh, and he's going to report to... Um, he's going to report to Athens, Clark County, whatever. Uh, he's going to report and turn himself in um, on these. So um, so he's going to do that probably immediately. I would think that he will do this pretty quickly and not let this linger because the longer that this drags on, the worse that, uh, that it is. But um, he was supposed to meet with the Falcons tonight. And, you know, I at the end of the day, I don't believe people are going to be scared off by Jalen Carter. When you're that immense of a talent, right? I mean, look, it seems like marijuana is the thing that hurts guys the most when it comes to the draft. The Warren Saps and the Dan Marinos and guys like that that, that were affected the most. But I, I just don't know that when you have a generational potential tackle on your defensive line, that they're going to be all that hurt. I mean, I, I, there's there's all kinds of examples of guys that had all kinds of different issues in college, and I don't know how much it hurt. I'm mean, like I said, I think marijuana has been the the biggest the biggest thing that has hurt players when it comes to the draft. Um, you know, and I, again, Dan Marino, Warren Sapp, but you know, among among some others. But um, it will be interesting to see what happens with Jalen Carter. But no meeting with him. Tonight, Now, one guy who also did meet with um, the Atlanta Falcons is Marietta, Georgia native, uh, Miles Murphy, who uh, said he had a good conversation with Atlanta. And um, uh, let's see, this is from Daniel Flick, who was asking him if he imagined being in the red and black in Atlanta. Quote, it's been a thought. I've seen the mock drafts. Some family members and cousins have showed me it. I grew up watching the Falcons. My parents have uh, been season ticket holders for them. It's a good feeling to have that formal interview with them, sit down with the GM, the coach. It was a good conversation. So he's from Hillgrove High School in Marietta and, of course, played at uh, Clemson. And, um, look, I-, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset at all if they drafted Miles Murphy. I wouldn't be upset if they drafted Keon White. I wouldn't be upset if they drafted C.J. Stroud. I wouldn't be upset, you know, with with any of the defensive linemen. And if they can't sign Caleb McGarry, I wouldn't have a tackle taking or have a problem taking a Paris Johnson or something like that at tackle. But um, but certainly Murphy is in that range for 
where the Falcons are drafting and probably his availability. I mean, I, I don't know if somebody's going to go up and, you know, you figure that several of the quarterbacks will get taken pretty quickly off the board. And, you know, you probably have like a Devin Weatherspoon, the top corner in the draft. That's a guy who's probably going to get picked very high. Obviously, Will Anderson will be the first defensive player probably taken if it's not Jalen Carter. So, Miles Murphy, you know, has a chance to and, – and here's the good thing about the Falcons. There are so many guys in from this part of the country, right? Like, we talk about how many players from the SEC and this, that, and the other. Well, how many players are from the state of Georgia that played high school here? You have so many players that grew up watching and rooting for the Atlanta Falcons that are star players in college – and could potentially get drafted by the University of Georgia. And I know Terry Fontenot took a little bit of heat when he said that, you know, oh, are you guys watching all the Georgia players and this, that, and the other? And he said, look, we're looking at players from everywhere. And I've always said that. You can't just draft a team of Georgia players. Sorry. I, I, I mean, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's pro football. It's not college football. Okay. Where, where, where did Micah Parsons play college football? Penn State. Okay. Was he from Georgia? He is not. Okay. Did he play at Georgia? He did not. Okay. Is he any good? He's very good. Okay. Could we use him on our roster? Most definitely. Oh, okay. <sighs> anyway. So, um, but interesting. Um, you know, again, a lot of these guys that are from this part of the country. All right. Let's uh, let's do a mock uh, here. Um Bucky Brooks has his mock 2.0 out. Um, he's got Jalen Carter going to the Bears. I'll tell you what will be interesting uh, with the number one overall pick. It will be interesting to see, and again, this is all fantasy land, right? It's all fantasy island stuff. It's all it's all a bunch of nonsense at the end of the day. But it will be interesting to see if the pundits don't put Jalen Carter as one of the top like two or three picks in the draft if they have him moving down. Because again, as I said at the top of the show, look, this is not a victory lap for Todd McShay when he said, I guess it was a month or two ago, that, oh, well, Jalen Carter may have some character issues that come up in this, any other. Let me let me put it to you this way. Todd McShay did not know all the stuff that had been having him linked to the crash and all. Todd McShay could not have known all that. Hell, the two investigative reporters that were here with boots on the ground are just finding out this stuff. We just talked to the guy who's been doing all of the research and investigation for the paper of record. They're just finding out more and more of this stuff. And the police statement was this was a single car. So Todd McShay did not know any of this stuff. Let's not give him too much credit for knowing inside stuff or whatever like that. He didn't. He couldn't have known. Nobody knew, and this kind of caught everybody off guard with the charges that were at play. But Bucky Brooks has got Jalen Carter, number one, Bryce Young, two, Will Anderson, three, C.J. Stroud of the Colts at four. We'll talk about what their GM had to say coming up in the NFL squib kick, but he had some very interesting comments about, you know, about moving up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tyree Wilson goes five. Detroit uh, takes Miles Murphy at six. Uh, Will Levis is at seven. 
And then the Falcons, as we said, since it wasn't Miles Murphy or Tyree Wilson, they draft Peter Skoronsky, the uh, tackle out of uh, Northwestern. Uh, quote, the Dirty Birds elect to, uh, elect to fortify an offensive line that, as things stand now, will need to protect a young passer going into the position. Now, I'll say this about drafting offensive tackle, okay? Unless you tell me either, because I do think that they will work out a deal to get Caleb McGarry back. I don't think they're going to franchise him, and I do think that they will work out a deal. And if that ends up the case, then what are you going to do with the Skoronsky? You don't pick a guy with this roster at number eight to sit him for a year or two. So either somebody's got to go inside or your your rookies either got to play inside or McGarry's got to play inside. Now, I said when they drafted McGarry that I really thought McGarry would end up as an inside player because of the way he profiled coming out of college, that he was going to have trouble with quick first steps from guys coming around the outside edge. But the scouting report was – if he gets his hands locked on you, if he can grab hold of you, he can move you. He's strong enough. And we saw him look like Thor at, at Falcons training camp, right? We saw the picture where, you know, he was like Chris Hemsworth, right? So when he grabs hold of you, he can move you where he wants to go. Well, when you're talking about guard, there's a lot of operating in a phone booth with that position. And you're going to lock somebody up and you can move them where you want. And he's got the size and the strength and everything to do that. So it will be interesting because we'll be through the free agent period and everything like that. And I've said again, if we can't, if we have to franchise McGarry, I'm not for it. If we can't work out sort of a, I don't want to say team-friendly deal, but something that is below market value, because market value is $18 million. I ain't paying Kayla McGarry five at $18 million. But if the Falcons don't franchise him and, and can't work out some kind of deal that is reasonable for where his skill set is, then I've got no problem taking Skaronsky, taking Paris Johnson. So does Bucky get a buzzer or a bing? Um, I'll give him a bing because of where the position is. But, but there has to be other things that, that happen along with this. Context is king. Yes, yes. I mean, as we always say here. Um, so, I, I mean, I the and look, anytime you hear me talk about a mock where a guy doesn't play more than three yards from where the football is spotted, I'm going to be for that. Quarterback, O-line, D-line, anything like that. Okay? So, anybody who stands 10 yards away, your corners, your safeties, your wide receivers, you know, anybody like that, e- even – even somebody who stands five yards away like the tight end because he's on the outside, okay? Anybody like that, I'm not going to be in favor of. And, and don't we also – we already have two unicorns on the roster at tight end, right? We have Kyle Pitts. We can only have so many unicorns. Right. We have Kyle Pitts and we have Michael Pruitt because he's obviously a unicorn as well because he's putting up bigger numbers, touchdown numbers than Kyle Pitts is. So anyway, that'll get people all fired up. But he's our he's our other unicorn. So, but no, I don't have a I don't I don't have a problem with taking that position if we can't get McGarry figured out. And I don't have a problem taking that position at number eight. One one big thing about this team is you can't go backwards in how good your offensive line is. 
You can't afford to take a step back. One is because this offensive line plays such a vital piece in the way that their offensive is series, uh, set is run that we're the most run-heavy team in the National, in National Football League. So you can't afford to take a step back. And then with a young quarterback, you still can't afford to take a step back. Even if we think that we're not going to be a run first or, you know, a little bit more balanced type of offense, you can't, you can't have an offensive line that takes a step backward like that. So you have to, when you have a strength, you have to build on that strength and keep and maintain all of it. So we'll see what happens. All right, when we get back, Bob Nightingale is going to join us, our Odyssey MLB insider. He wrote an article where he talked with Dansby Swanson, and some Braves fans were a little bit upset by some of the things that he said. We'll talk to him next. Chuck Green, Nikia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery Show live on this Wednesday evening as we continue through Grapefruit League action. Major League Baseball not far away from getting started. It's nice to have a full spring training and a full regular season and no kinds of hiccups or anything like that involved with the schedule. When we want to talk all things baseball, we head out to the waitfor.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. We talk to our Odyssey MLB insider, Bob Nightingale. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insight the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit betql.com today. And Bob is on Twitter at B Nightingale. Bob, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for spending a few minutes in Atlanta with me tonight. Yeah, sure. My pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Well, obviously, let's talk about this article that uh, you had a chance to talk with and interview Dansby Swanson and some interesting things that, that he had to say. First question is, do you think he was, I don't know, for lack of a better term, caught off guard by the offer that the Braves presented to him, the six-year, $100 million deal? Do you think he was expecting more at the end of the day from the Atlanta Braves? I do. I just think that a, uh, yeah, that's probably fine with the original offer. You know, he understood it, didn't, didn't uh, think it was enough. But then when all the prices got so high, I, I think he was surprised that, you know, they didn't counter and, and, and come up, uh, you know, with, the, you know, very similar to Freddie Freeman. Uh, you know, he saw what happened to Freddie, but I think he didn't think it was going to happen to him too. You know, um, the the quote, obviously, everybody's latching on to is where he says that this team means so much more to so many people, which is very similar from the place it just came from. From the gist I've gotten so far, pro sports teams in Chicago are a massive deal. Pro sports teams in Atlanta are like, well, kind of a deal. It's not a knock against Atlanta or anything. Trust me, I'm a huge Falcons fan and Hawks fan, but it's just different. And you know, I, I know some folks took that the wrong way because, let, let's face it, Braves Nation is a big footprint in the world of baseball in this part of the country and everything like that. But I don't get the sense, and I'm sure when you were talking with him, that that wasn't a diss or a slight at what Atlanta sports is as a market or as a sports town. No, not at all. Uh, 
you know, I think you talk to anybody and they'll tell you East Coast sports are much different than, say, West Coast. Uh, it's just, a you know, almost life and death uh, type of thing. Uh, Chicago, you know, is an East Coast, but very passionate sports town. Uh, you know, it's a real, it reminds you of an East Coast city. So he certainly did not mean anything by that, just that uh, it's different. I mean, they, uh, you know, you know, obviously they're so, you know, the uh, Atlanta fans are huge, uh, you know, throughout, you know, throughout the country, particularly for baseball. You know, obviously, so, you know, some of their sports aren't, aren't doing as well. But I just think the, uh, you know, in uh, in Chicago at some point, that you know, can feel like life or death. It's just not that way in Atlanta. You just get the sense that some of that is history. I mean, we don't have 100 years of baseball in this town. I mean, it's been you know i mean the beatles were still together when baseball first got here to atlanta so there isn't maybe as much of you know again the cubs can go back to the you know 1800s as far as the history of their franchise it just you know and i understand the reasons why it just seems like that's part of that's always been sort of the argument that maybe there just isn't that deep generation of fans within the pro sports fabric here in atlanta yeah, I think that's what it too. You know, like a uh, element Phoenix. You know, a lot of transplants are here. You'll never have that kind of rabid bad fan base as it does other places. Uh, you know, some places. Uh, you know, Denver's got the rabid Bronco fans, Dallas the Cowboy fans. But you know, it's not like people are going crazy over baseball uh, in Dallas, even when the uh, Rangers were doing well. So I think just those, you know, a thing. And I think too, people remember. As great those, uh, you know, Atlanta Braves teams were back in the day, you remember how many times they could not sell out those playoff games, those early playoff games in the afternoon. It's almost got, you know, people, got people spoiled, right? I don't think you would ever see that in the East Coast or at, at Wrigley Field. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. One of the other takeaways from this article was – the idea that he was going to also sort of do what was best for his wife as far as whether it was picking a market or picking a team that, you know, she could potentially play soccer for. It does seem like that dynamic definitely weighed heavy on his mind about where he was going to ultimately land. I think it was a nice bonus, but as he said, if he chose the Dodgers, you know, I think they would have traded his wife to the, uh, the L.A. soccer team. But, you know, it wasn't like she was sold on Chicago. He certainly wasn't sold. He wanted to win. And, uh, you know, he really truly did think that even though, you know, he saw some of the greats like Freddie Freeman leave, he thought they'd do everything possible to keep him. You know, it didn't work out. Uh, you know, no hard feelings. I think certainly he'll get over it, you know, quicker than the uh, Freddie Freeman will. He's talked to Freddie about it. I've talked to Jason Hayward about it. So I, I think he'll be uh, – I think it'll just be fine, and you know, as he said, it's you know almost a little bit of a closer, you know, having that World Series championship. All right, Bob, let's uh, jump around a little bit here. Let's talk some Braves uh, baseball. If there's any weakness to the Atlanta Braves, what would you say that it is? Uh, you still wish they're a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, in in left field. You wish it was a you know more of a, a star player. Um, everybody you know can talk about. Having a little more depth in the uh, rotation, a little more depth in the bullpen. That's about it. I mean, it's still a uh, 
uh, and fantastic team. I mean, you can still argue that they're the team to beat in the East, despite the spending made by the uh, by the Mets. Uh, certainly, Philadelphia's better too. So, you know, it's not like they have any gaping holes by any means. You know, and you know, we'll see a shortstop. You know, uh, we'll see if uh, you know Bond can take over that. Bond can take over that spot. You know, that's a uh, uh, an important deal, and we'll see if he can handle it. Yeah, and, and you know, Bob, I mean, it, it does sort of become the X factor because, you know, Von Grissom played the majority of his time in the minor leagues at shortstop. I mean, if anything, second base where he played last year was a newer position, you know, for him. But you're replacing a gold glove shortstop. You're replacing one of the best, you know, defensive players in in baseball at his position. And, I, look, I thought Dansby should have won the gold glove in 2020 when his metrics were off the chart, but he is one of the better defensive players at his position. How much can that affect a, a, a baseball team? I mean, you know, we knew for years that, you know, the wins above replacement for an Ozzie Smith or things like that were pretty staggering. And, I mean, we go back to 87, and should it have been Ozzie Smith that won the MVP over Andre Dawson, who was on a last-place team? But how, how much – can it be influenced where you have a key position defensively and maybe you take sort of a downgrade at it? No, it's very possible. That's it. Uh, you know, I mean, defense, you got to play good defense at shortstop. Uh, you know, you're, you're by yourself now. There's no shifts and things like that. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, at least then with no shifts, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, going over to the right side either. So we'll see. But, you know, a lot is expected for him. Uh, it's not like if he can't handle it, they have a natural guy that you know you'll plug in that hole. So uh, if he struggles, you know, let's face it, Atlanta won't be as, as good as they should be. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. How important does this year become for a Max Freed who you and I have talked a lot about Max and we think he's one of the best left-handers in baseball. But, you know, he's not very far away from cashing in as well. And I just I get this sense and maybe I'm overreacting to it. But, you know, if you let Freddie go and you let Dansby go, I don't know that they will spend the kind of money that a Max Freed could get on the open market. Do you think his long term is in Atlanta? Is he about to become a massively wealthy guy? What do you think the future holds for a Max Freed? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously everybody's so comfortable uh, playing there. People love playing Atlanta. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, I think the way they've gone about business there, they kind of put a certain salary on it. Think, okay, this guy is worth that much. Uh, if he's not, you know, we're gonna we're gonna let him walk. And so, you know, same thing here. It's like, you know, if you're not gonna keep, you know, uh, guys like Freeman and, and and Swanson, you know, maybe you know, say, you know what, uh, painful, but we'll let Freeman Freed uh, Freed go as well. I've already been on the record. I say Michael Harris wins the gold glove this year. How much better can Michael Harris be with a full offseason and now going into, you know, locking up the center field job and, and certainly going to have a full season in the majors underneath his belt? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to uh, help him have an experience, know how to play guys. Uh, you know, last year such a learning curve. So, yeah, no reason uh, White, White doesn't have a chance to win a gold glove. I mean, he's got that, got that kind of talent. And there are so few great defensive center fielders. Uh, yeah, why, why not? I know you've been one of the guys that, that has picked the Atlanta Braves. Where are they sort of in your pecking order of teams in the National League? 
Are they behind the Dodgers, maybe right at the top, or Padres, or where do you kind of have the Braves figured into all of this? Well, certainly, I think I believe they'll be in the, uh, the playoffs. Uh, you know, they could be the team that beats in the East, or could be Philadelphia. I still think they're better than the Mets. I really do. So I fully expect them to be there. And then uh, you get in, no matter you know anything can happen. I think the National League is much more fascinating than the American League. I mean, you got the Padres out west. Uh, I'm not going to rule out the Dodgers, but the Padres look like a better team on paper. St. Louis is always strong. They still seem to be the team to beat in the Central. And then, uh, you know, got the three teams in the East and, you know, probably the Dodgers as a wild card team. So, so we only matched. You know, I, you know, I picked Atlanta to win the World Series the last two years. I probably won't do a third year, just, just going to change things up. But there's a uh, no reason in the world, you know, why they can't get back up there. Uh, you know, you saw what they did last year and no reason why they won't have a, another 100-win season. One of the big additions for the Atlanta Braves has been Sean Murphy. And, you know, we've heard about him, but obviously a lot of folks here in Atlanta haven't seen him play. Talk to us about how good Sean Murphy is, how good a defensive catcher he is. I mean, you know, the thing that stood out to me is he still was a pretty good hitter, even in that, you know, disaster of a ballpark that he played in. Yeah, and, you know, and playing, you know, when there's no, uh, you know, there's no fans, it's tough to get energized, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, it's it's fabulous. You know, I was talking to uh, Terry Francona of the Cleveland Guardians just uh, yesterday, and he said, man, did we ever want this guy? You know, they were uh, upset. They offered a huge package for him and really thought they were, they really they were going to get him. So they thought, they thought Atlanta made a great, great deal getting him. People, you know, love this guy offensively, defensively, and, and everything else. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a fabulous addition to Atlanta. Bob Nightingale, he is our Odyssey MLB insider, and insider calls are brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make our better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today, and he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Follow him on Twitter at BNightingale. Bob, as always, buddy, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. We'll be chatting throughout the season. All right, look forward to it. My pleasure. Thank you. You got it. John Chuckery. We'll be back. Sports Radio 99 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Honestly, app is how you catch us when... You were on the go. Social media at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. He's at Dylan underscore Dylan Matthews. I'm at JMCH316. Get to Whatsbug and Chuckery coming up here in just a uh, couple of minutes. Um, you know, Dylan, I always laugh when I get these emails from people um, that want us to promote clips and things like that. So I guess I, I guess they're they're emailing and reaching out 
on behalf of the Run It Back show. Have you ever heard of that show? I have not. FanDuel TV's NBA-centric morning show hosted by Michelle Beadle, Sham Sharinia, and Chandler Parsons. Um, and then they talked about some of their opinions and stuff like that. Well, can I ask, why would I share anything with what they have to say uh, in, in Atlanta? Like they're talking about um, LaMelo uh, uh, Ball. They're talking about Steph Curry, the Lakers. Why, why would anybody in Atlanta be interested in any of that stuff? No, they won't. That's yeah, the thing. Right. Nobody cares about that. Right. Not here, at least. Now, look, I'll, I'll have Michelle Beadle on. I'll, I'll have her on the show. Now, why would you have her on the show? Well, just because I'm a professional. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, all right. Um, but, you know, uh, Chandler Parsons, did you see where he talked about Lloyd Pierce? The other yeah. day he had that clip about Lloyd Pierce. Uh-huh. You know, um, saying that he did not like him and he doesn't. I mean, look. There are there are guys that just rub other players the wrong way, and Lloyd Pierce was was one of those guys. So um, no real surprise there. And Lloyd Pierce was never hired to be the long term answer for. That's why I say, why didn't they just promote? Um, who's the guy from? Who's the the, the coach from? Mem- who's the coach in Memphis now? Oh, what's his name? Is, is it Jake Taylor? something? Oh, Taylor, Taylor Jenkins. Taylor, Taylor Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. Yes. Thank so you. why didn't they just promote Taylor Jenkins to coach this team? Right. Because he was on Budenholzer's bench. We had all the we had all the great right. coaches on Budenholzer's bench. Right. Right. Should have promoted. Mean, we could have promoted anybody from there. Right. And I mean, you could have promoted a young guy to get his first NBA job in Taylor Jenkins, promoted him, and then roll the dice and see what happened. Because he's got Memphis now, and they're a really young team. They're actually, yeah. they're actually every bit as young as we are from both an age and from a um, from an experience standpoint. They're not doing too bad either. Last time I checked, no, no, they're they're not bad. Although John ja, ja Morant's having a little bit of yeah, I about to say he yeah he's like got that. some things yeah. going on. Yeah, he's got he's got some he's got some work ahead of him. But um, no, but I mean, we couldn't have had Taylor Jenkins. I mean, you know. I get that we didn't have Quinn Snyder because Quinn left for the Jazz. Right. We couldn't have had Taylor Jenkins, I mean, on our staff. We had to go to Philadelphia and hire Lloyd Pierce and all that. Uh, anyway, so I, I don't know. You know, that's that's those what ifs. You know, what what if we'd have promoted Taylor Jenkins? Would he still be the coach here? Would he have found that elixir? Would, would he have taken this team over the hump? Because you see what he's doing now. And, I mean, he's right now he's only 38 years old. I mean, that's how young Taylor Jenkins is. He's, at this point, having coached Memphis for four or five years, he's only 38 right now. Wow. So that would have been a young, young hire. But what we hear from John Collins, well, Nate's message would have been for older players and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, if you'd have hired a 30-something-year-old coach or 30-year-old coach, I mean. He might have he fit the bill. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's that's one of those great what-ifs or whatever that we had um, here in Atlanta sports. But, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and everything like that. So, um, if you uh, missed our interview earlier with Alan Judd, we will replay that at 940. So, in about an hour from right now. And, um, you know, some interesting things that, that he had to say in regards to the situation with Jalen Carter being at the scene and being, you know, racing with with uh, Chandler uh, LaCroix and all of that. I mean, just 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 a tragic situation. But if you missed that interview, we'll replay that coming up here at about 940. Right now, though, 
Let's get to a What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Well, are we going to get local baseball anywhere? Because <laughs> Major League Baseball had to go in and hire three executives to its, quote, new local media department as it prepares for a possible takeover for broadcasts of 17 teams amid financial deterioration in both Bally and AT&T Sports regional networks. So Doug Johnson, not the Florida quarterback, the guy who played here in Atlanta, Doug Johnson was hired as the senior VP and executive producer of local media Greg Pinnell was hired as the senior vice president of local media and Kendall Burgess as the vice president of local media technical operations. Um, This was released by the MLB commissioner's office on Wednesday. Quote uh, in a statement by MLB chief uh, revenue officer Noah Garden, quote, these new hires are an important step in our preparation to address the changing landscape of MLB game distribution in light of the increasing challenges and pressure facing regional sports networks. So if you don't know, let's start first with Warner Brothers Discovery, AT&T's Sportsnet Network, where they have three major league teams that they broadcast, the Rockies, the Astros, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, last week they said that they do not have money to make scheduled rights fee payments And they said that the network, I guess the network has until um, March 31st to reclaim their broadcast rights. If there are not deals in place, the network will file Chapter 7 bankruptcy. So that's going to leave basically those three teams out in the cold unless they can quickly negotiate a deal. Then the other one is the Diamond Sports Group, which is a subsidiary of Sinclair Broadcast Group. Now, if you don't know, if you're a wrestling fan from back in the old days, Sinclair is the guys who ran Ring of Honor out of business. I mean, and Tony Khan ended up buying them, and he's going to put them on a stream or something like that. But um, that's the the entity that owns Bally's, if you will. I mean, they, they, they operate their networks under the Bally Sports name. They have 14 franchises that they broadcast for. Arizona, the Braves, Reds, Guardians, Tigers, Royals, uh, Angels, Marlins, Brewers, Twins, Cardinals, Padres, Rays, and Texas. They have, they have uh, on, uh, let's see here, when was this? February 15th, they skipped about $140 million in interest payments that were due. And then they said as of September 30th, um, they have a debt of $8.674 billion. The company has nearly $1 billion in rights payments, mostly due to baseball teams that's due in the first quarter of this year, and bankruptcy filing is possible. So basically, and we were kind of discussing this with uh, Mike, uh, Mike Connie and Bo and Dylan and I, you know, Baseball is going to have to foot the bill for all of this stuff to the teams because these two entities that have 17 teams that are involved in their local broadcasting, 
they're not going to be able to make the payments on. And look, here's the thing. Baseball has become such a regional sport. Baseball is so regional that you have to have those market entities to be able to cover the game. It can't be just ESPN and can't be all national. You know, unlike unlike the NFL, baseball is a regional sport, play day-to-day and everything like that. You have to have – look, when I was growing up, WUAB was a small kind of independent channel. They had all the Indians games. They broadcast all the Cleveland Indians games. And obviously here, you know, you've had Fox Sports South. You've had um, – what was it? Uh, uh, what's the Turner station? Um Oh gosh, uh, the, uh, was it Turner Sports or no? What was the, what was the the, the Turner Station? The Turner Station for you for like the Braves and stuff like that. that TBS? To, no, 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 no. Um, Might have been before my time. P Street. You're not talking about P Street TV. No, no, no. But well, my point is, um, see, this is what happens when we have two brain dead people on the show. <laughs> but um, but here's my point: they may have to go to a format like a Peachtree TV or something, though. Like they may have to work a deal out with a Peachtree TV if Bally is not going to be able to fund any of this stuff. And like I said, Bally's got just about half the league that they that they broadcast from, Diamond Sports Group under Sinclair. So it's not a good situation, but you have to have, you're going to have to have these regional sports networks somehow, right? And, and with the Braves having such a big footprint, because the Braves are not just an Atlanta and surrounding metro area. You know, they're up in North Car- North and South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, North Florida. You have people that come and travel to go to games from all kinds of different states throughout the southeastern United States. And so your footprint is going to have to go into a lot of different markets. You're going to have to be in Birmingham and Chattanooga and Mobile and uh, what, what's a, what's a, a city? Uh, Greenville, South Carolina. I mean, you're going to have to go into those markets and, and get the local broadcasting to, you know, put them, put them on TV. And that's why, you know, for a team like the Braves, having that regional partner is so key. So maybe in a sense that, for everybody who cut the cord, maybe you have to splice it back together and duct tape it and put some Band-Aids on it and some glue and put some Elmer's on it or whatever like that because you may need cable if you're going to be able to watch some of these, you know, in the future. Not going to happen in the next 10 minutes, but in the future, you may have to get the cord back, uh, spliced back together to be able to watch some of these uh, networks and things like that. So... Um, it will be interesting to see what the future of baseball is, but it does look like baseball is looking at taking over local broadcasting for really about more than half of the teams in in baseball, which we'll see how that works out. You, you know how Major League Baseball operates, right? You, you know how you know how well that they put everything together. I mean, they haven't been able to they haven't been able to figure out mandatory testing and things like that, so. Why would I assume that they can handle all these broadcast, you know, networks of games and different things like that? So we'll see what happens. But that's what's bugging Chuck Reed. All right. Uh, when we get back from the top of the hour, listen, no more moral victories 
for the Atlanta Hawks. They just need to start piling up and accumulating wins. We'll talk about that next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. 